Good morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Don't know for how many other ones. Um, welcome to the Sea Inside. Been a long gap between <laughs> this one and the last one. So I wanted to start this episode by giving you a bit of a life update, a little bit of news. Um, so I've been really busy, <laughs> been really busy living and doing. And I think that's the important part for any of us is that we live our lives consciously um, and pay attention to what we're spending time with what we're spending time for and to. Um, and that's what I've been doing. You know, there were some things that um, needed to get done. So I needed to go for an MRI um, that was expedited by my consultant. So expedited means it was pulled forward. So I haven't had to wait literally within a month of getting a letter to say that they had sought a second opinion from a, a multidisciplinary team and the multidisciplinary team had come to the conclusion between them, between two MDTs, first opinion, second opinion, I had had another brain hemorrhage at some point during 220. Um, did I, did I not, who knows, um, the thing with living with cavernoma is they don't only leak externally, they can leak internally. So definitely in August, September, I had some, um, challenges of balance. Okay, so they affected my knee healing. Um, but prior to that, my facial spasming started. So is there something different like Parkinson's, for example? Is it the side effect that I have, the hypertrophic livery degeneration? Or is it a bleed of one of my cabinets so they wanted to put some more contrast into me which is not fun for any of you that have had contrast you get a lovely cannula in your arm say hello Pusheen my Pusheen tattoo um and they do a series of scans and then they pull you out um, put the contrast in and then put you back in. Whee! Um, put you back in for about um, eight minutes, eight to ten minutes. Probably ends up being about a quarter of an hour by the time they get the um, programs loaded into the sequencer. They run the sequence, they get the next sequence programmed in and they run that and then they pull you out. So... I went in at four o'clock. The wonderful thing about COVID is that hospitals don't run behind, <laughs> or at least any of the rooms that I have had to attend haven't run behind. In fact, they can run early. So that is a really positive thing and something that I'm able to take away from COVID. The negative thing about that is that you can't have anyone to go with you and I have to go from Swansea to Cardiff for my scans. The reason for that is because the software that Swansea use, Swansea Avatar NHS Trust use and Cardiff University Hospital are two different ones. Yeah, so things don't get sent easily or seen straight away. Um, and the trust that has the 
imaging done owns them. So it means that my consultant can have all of my place, all of my scans, all of my lovely internal photos in one place. Um, it makes it much easier when he's booking on to the multidisciplinary team because it's not just him that makes the decision. Okay, he goes and consults with another five or six neurosurgeon consultants and neurophysicists, people from the anaesthetic, so anesthesiology consultant, lots of different um, consultants and the OT, the physiotherapist, the special neuro nurses that they have who are amazing have to say that the neuro nurses are just outstanding um they not just the ones that work on the high dependency unit and who work on the neurosurgical ward but the actual specialist ones so the outreach ones and the one who i can phone up and say I fell over and this, 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 and this, and she can speak to the consultant and they will, even during COVID, make the miracles happen if they need to. Um, so all this was done pretty quickly. Within a month, I had a letter for an appointment. So do you know what? That's really good. And also quite serious. <laughs> because it means I had another brain bleed, possibly, um, without going into hospital um, and without any external support. Just had it at home, same as I did my first one and still went to work because I was working at the time. Um, and I feel quite bitter about that something I'm still working through um because I really needed support <laughs> from the agency who I was working for and I just didn't get any you know um because you, you do you know what I mean you don't have an oncologist and you don't have um because that's not their specialty um, and because people don't usually encounter um, brain injuries or capnomas or neurological injuries, um, they don't know how to support. Um, and they don't realise that symptoms vary. Symptoms vary a great deal. I think I really learned that by going to see the ophthalmologist who's the eye doctor. Um, after the last time I had my eyes tested, they weren't too bad. Um, they had deteriorated in terms of, not in terms of my eyesight, but in terms of my nystagma that I have because they move at different rates constantly. Um, that had deteriorated and... I was quite stressed about going to see the consultant and they tested me, the, the ophthalmology consultant and an ophthalmologist at the hospital gave me an eye test a few days later and was like really staggered at the differences in the results because I was a lot more stressed. I'd had a full day's work in between having my eyes tested. So I'd had a day off to have my eyes tested. Um, all these things really add up. So, and I think what that's taught me is the beauty of self-practice. I will come back to <laughs> the point of all this um, pre-log um, at some point now pretty much so I will have edited this rambling together with um an interview that I did quite a while back now for with my Scott Mitchell um I don't really know how to describe my hair um, 
just love Maya completely unconditionally because I think her, her and another lady called Hannah are the first people who I've really let know me. Gosh. Um, all of me completely and I know they won't try and fix me um, that's for me to do and for me to look at constantly and my version of fixed is not necessarily your version of fixed and that's the same with everyone's opinions. Um, yeah, so it means a lot to me, this interview. Um, a lot that I could spend half an hour, 45 minutes in the presence of such beauty and grace and allow me to ask me questions, you know? I don't know, there are lots of synchronicities between us and I just accept her love her completely. Gosh. Oh. Anyway, I think you'll see in this interview how as facilitators and people, we are just the same as everyone else. We all have a history, we all have past, we all have presence and when we step into our presence and feel within ourselves we let go of resistance and align and, and Sharon with AY from the breath of business. Um, if you look up breath of business on Facebook or Google, you will get a hit. Um, put it beautifully because someone had put it to her. So this happened this weekend is, and I think that's what we talk about a lot in this interview is what about if you didn't plant seeds. What about if the seed you planted was yourself? Um, and you just grew yourself. And I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say when I say, before you make the list, before you turn up, to do the work, the work starts with you, with your feeling. Just take a breath to come to presence with yourself. Any breath, it doesn't have to be nostril, it doesn't have to be mouth, it doesn't have to be a certain count. Yeah, you will find your rhythm. You'll find, and in that rhythm, you'll find you and your vulnerability. So for all the support, I wasn't given, I just let that go and trust that there is a bigger plan for me. And it doesn't have a God belief. It has, a presence and unenduring belief and faith that I'm actually exactly where I'm supposed to be, even in the horrible moments, even in the moments just when I get there to the MRI and I say, we're doing contrast today. And the way Jonah says to me, yeah, we're doing contrast today. And I go, oh, shit. And my stomach goes, 
where adrenaline pumps all around my body um, and that I just want to run. Walking down the corridor towards the sheep, all I want to do is run. All I do is say, stay here, breathe. Next step, breathe. Next step, breathe. Next step, breathe. And here we are a week later. Still haven't got the results, but we're a week on down the line. And I have to say, <laughs> for 55 minutes, I spent in the tubes. I was in there 55 minutes, which is a long time. Um, if you had an MRI, you've ever been in any sort of tube like that, and because it's my head, you have to have a mask on and things shoved down the side and earplugs. It's a long time. <laughs> they came and they said to me, Can we just run an extra couple of scans? Because we've got tech gear today, and you've been such a good patient, you've been absolutely fantastic. So, if you're up for it. Can we do a couple of experimental <laughs> sequences on you? So they did a couple of experimental sequences on me, not because they found anything, but purely because they have a tech there and it's a teaching hospital and they very rarely get to teach them. You know, they wait for an ideal patient. And it's not always like that. Um, I just happened to have some beautiful people taking a breath with me my breath work family particularly Maya and Ben who literally <laughs> sent me messages just as I was about to go in timing could not be more perfect so um enjoy this interview and I'll see you on the next scene inside there's much love for you here. Coming back to the See Inside podcast, and I am delighted to welcome my fellow breathwork facilitator and feels like breathwork sister, um, Mayor Scott, who lives in Derbyshire. Um, welcome. Maya. Thanks, That's okay. Um, <laughs> just really really pleased to have you here thank you so much for agreeing to come on um what i really want to do is sort of connect with people and demystify this um this image that breath work or that breath workers or the people that work in the um, complementary health field um, are all as completely crazy as I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's one of the things I wanted to do. And something that I'm really passionate about is about self-practice and consistency. Um, so I'd like to ask you, you know, you're a mum, you've got lots going on in your life, what, what's the structure of your day and how does self-practice fit in? Yeah, well, I'm learning more and more that um, I'm not particularly good at practicing what I preach, but obviously as a, a holistic um, therapist, I spend all my time telling people what they should be doing in the day and to help themselves. Um, but it's been a really long journey for me to get to the point where I feel like I actually am really taking care of myself. Um, even now I have to check in, like today, I've, I've realised I've been spending way too much time on my laptop over the last few weeks, which is not something I usually do. Um, but just got lots of things that have ended up taking me on screen. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just feel like I'm starting to suffer from it now. My back is killing me and I'm just, I'm just not used to sitting over a laptop. Um, so I did have to, even though I've got loads still left to do today, I did have to check in with myself this morning and say, you need to take a step back today and just, you know, move, I'm just been moving my body. So before this, I did a workout this morning when I got back from dropping the kids off, um, from school, I'm going to do a breathwork session later with Duncan, who was on last week with you. 
Yeah, um, heart is not a pump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I'll probably try and do a bit of yoga later. I just really feel like my body just really needs to move and stretch. And so I'm I'm learning more to turn, to kind of feel into and just listen to my body day to day and what it needs. Um, so yeah, day to day, obviously so I've got two young children that get up at the crack of dawn. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've got early risers. Oh so, no. um, yeah, so I do try and do just five or ten minutes of con um, heart coherence breathing in the morning before I get up. Sometimes I just literally manage like ten rounds, um, but it's something. And I just think, you know, five, five minutes um, in the morning is better than nothing. And I really feel yeah. like that really helps me. It's a way so, of bringing presence into your whole, into your day. Um, yeah. And a really fantastic foundation yeah to start your day from yeah I mean I'm always I'm really guilty of waking up and grabbing my phone as soon as I open my eyes so now I'm trying to before I do that <laughs> I just check in and I'm like how do I feel uh, what do I need today um, and then I just do five minutes of breath work before I get out of bed so I don't even get up before I do it I do it whilst I'm still lying there um, I am really big on breakfast so I do like to be really mindful with my breakfast. So I like to make it quite ritualistic, I guess. I like to um, make it really colourful and really nutritious. And I love to really enjoy breakfast. So even if uh, lunch is really rushed, I mean, I try to eat really healthily anyway, but even if lunch and dinner are a little bit manic, um, I try and make sure breakfast is is uh I'm I mindfully eat my breakfast <laughs> and it take always, my time with it. It always looks like um I'm always so envious when you post pictures of your breakfast. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a huge um food porn as it were surfer on Instagram or anywhere. Um however it always looks really tasty um and I just think you know props to you because it takes a lot of patience to do that um and that in itself is a very mindful exercise yeah yeah um so you know. yeah um and then obviously you know you've got um a child so you know what school runs are like <laughs> so the mornings are quite chaotic and stressful to be honest probably the most stressful part of the day actually getting them all out of the house on time and I do travel mind as well so I quite often have other children here as well that aren't mine <laughs> to get them all out the door on time wow. um so yeah and and just just enjoying a cup of tea with no distractions so just putting my phone down um making a cup of tea and just literally just sitting with the tea and I know it sounds like a really little thing but actually <laughs> it's really good practice because I think a lot of us grab a cup of tea and we drink it whilst we're doing other things we let it go cold um or we're scrolling through our phone whilst we're drinking it or we're talking to someone we're, we're just distracted so just literally sitting with your cup of tea um you know and just being mindful again of that yeah. you know it's a really big I didn't really think about it until I checked in um with a well until I checked it with Colin someone uh, a friend of mine who's also I would say been a mentor to me as well mm -hmm. for the last decade or so and I said you know um I have to really think about putting my finger in the handle of the cup lifting the cup holding the cup transporting the cup you know drinking a cup of tea is is quite a big thing and I didn't realize how much of a mindful exercise it was so I think it's um you know really to your credit and really to the listeners benefit that they can hear that um people say they don't have time but just an everyday something just bringing that conscious presence to it means that you can check in yeah and I mean like I say to my clients you know because they quite often say I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to do any breathing or check in with myself and just say well you know if you did it just whilst you're cleaning your teeth you clean your teeth twice a day 
Absolutely. I mean, I know, you know, you're not going to stand there for, for ages cleaning your teeth, but that's a few minutes twice a day where you could just slow yeah. down and just connect with yourself, you know, and um, and check in with yourself. So there are moments through, throughout the day where we can, we can definitely make space for that. Um, but yeah, no, I went to a tea ceremony a few years ago as well, and it was an wow. absolutely beautiful experience. Um, and obviously that is all about smelling the tea um you know feeling the warmth of the tea just really appreciating the tea <laughs> um and just bringing in all of the senses you know how does it smell how does it feel how does it taste um and even just drinking it in like a really nice mug that you love you know Absolutely. just making it like a little almost like a little ceremony in yes. the morning yeah um so yeah I try and do that every day um it probably is the only warm cup of tea I get all day because then I'm rushing about but um, and then day to day, uh, most nights I do have a cold shower, <laughs> which people are like, what? <laughs> not for long, not for long at all. Um, but I just turn the shower on cold at the end for a minute or so. Um, and I really feel that has made a massive difference to how I feel. Um, so I've only just started really getting into cold therapy. Um, but I had my first ice bath last weekend, which I think you saw. Um, pretty powerful weirdly really enjoyed it yeah um but that's a really big thing because I cold water has always been my biggest like fear so when I was a child I passed out a couple of times in cold water and naturally found out a year or so ago that my body temperature is quite low um so I am quite I just do really feel the cold um and a couple of times actually on a school trip we went gorge walking and I jumped in and, and pretty much nearly passed out from the cold so I've always been really fearful of cold um and it's always been something I've really avoided and then I kind of got into Wim Hof a couple of years ago <laughs> um that's sort of introduced me to the whole concept of cold therapy and how it's good for your health and your immune system and everything so yeah so I've just slowly been kind of building up my resilience to it and just being less fearful of it I guess um so yeah it was quite a big moment for me last year I was only in there for two minutes but we, we had four bags of ice in there and, <laughs> and it, was actually, cold. <laughs> it was really cold and actually I cope you won't mind me saying I cope much better with it than my husband well but I am giving I am crediting the breath for that right I breathed through it and yes. felt very in the zone because oh, I love it I love it. I love it. I love it. I can just, it's just amazing. I don't practice it as often as, um, as often as I could, I wouldn't say as I'd like to, but as often as I could, because it has to be contained. Um, I can't really go wild swimming unless someone goes with me because just because of like the pebbles down or the, yeah. The environment at the side um but I absolutely love ice baths mm -hmm. yeah or just cold water just on a Saturday afternoon um I will draw myself a cold bath um mm -hmm. and just lie in there um I think it, it, it's got real nervous system thing for me because I've got a disease of the nervous system it's um it just freaks it all down it just makes me feel really connected. And I have found that breath has put mm. another layer on top of that. So yeah. that's wonderful to think that you just breathe through it. Yeah. Two months is incredible. It's a really long time. Yeah, really. well, to be honest, I was in there and it was my husband's like, you need to get out now. Because I think you have to gradually, um, they, they say, don't you, when you start doing it, that really you should start off. Um, just with one or two minutes and just get yeah. your body used to it so over time you can obviously build that up but yeah so yeah just did the two minutes so um might make it a monthly thing or something I don't know <laughs> but um yeah um so that's did, he, did he go in as well he went in after me yeah so I was like I'll yeah. go in first um and then he went in and was a little bit more like oh <laughs> Struggled, oh, struggled a little bit with it but, right, um, okay. but yeah I just said to him you know I was talking him through through breath through the breath whilst okay. he was in there so um but yeah it's it reminded me a little bit of um my first experience of breath work and how powerful it was was when I had my first child 
okay. when I was in labour. Um, so I did um, a hypnobirthing session um, okay. and they brought a bit of breath work into that. Not lots, just a couple of breathing techniques to use. Um, and I started practicing it a lot, like in whilst I was pregnant and just really connecting to my breath. Um, and I went through the whole labor just using my breath. Um, and it was it was such a beautiful experience. I just I felt almost euphoric at times. Um, but I was just in a different place. And when I was in the ice bath, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that, you know, just taking yourself right. off into this different zone and really connecting with your body and trusting your body and you know um so yeah but what else do I do day to day I'd say that's probably I, I move my body every single day um I'm a bit of a um an exercise junkie really I have to check in with myself again with that sometimes because um it got to the point where I wasn't probably resting enough so I do make sure now that I have like two days a week where I don't do anything really other than just a little walk yeah, um, totally associate with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is addictive. It's so addictive. It is. Uh, it is. I haven't really exercised now for about what's it, two thousand seventeen, twenty, like three and a half, four years. Like prop, like what I would say. I mean, I have, but it's much more functional. Yeah, much more preserving of body and timing around breath and movement but it took me a very long time to get there before that I was hopelessly addicted mm. yeah so. yeah yeah and uh, I mean that's changed as well I've mixed that up because my husband does a lot well he does crossfit um and he we now have um, weights at home um so for me I've come from a background of doing lots of high intensity exercise so the idea of just lifting weights I was like but this isn't a workout because <laughs> I'm not my heart's not pounding I'm not like sweating and he's like it's still a workout yeah um, so yeah I'm really mixing things up at the moment I'm really enjoying it so I run once or twice a week and then I do a weight session once a week um and then a bit of hit as well a bit of high intensity stuff but and I always make room for at least one session of yoga a week as well um I've practiced yoga for forever to be honest um so and that's really a meditation for me as well you know absolutely when you're working out you are just focusing on what you're doing in that moment it's just it makes you so present and again you're just connecting to your body again you know how your body's feeling and you know and running as well is so good for your head for your head for clearing your head yep so that's that to me I say to people you know I think people get really scared by the word meditation and they think yeah, it can really be, is. yeah I agree it can be quite intimidating like yeah. people have this um really perceived idea of of what it is um and certainly I really try to teach that it could be anything <laughs> anything yeah. can be meditative and it wasn't until I started to take that approach that I realized absolutely that's what I did with exercise yeah, you know yeah. I didn't just use it to disassociate I also used it to be present you know and uh, I was a swimmer before that and certainly um worked with breath and just going up and down the lanes and up and down the lanes and up and down the lanes is so meditative yeah. um and also breath orientated as a foundation yeah, yeah. yeah so I guess that, I guess it's where my journey with breath began actually mm. swimming you don't think about that you don't think about yeah. where it it began but I think it just makes you aware of your internal organs <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah your muscles as well mm. um yeah people don't like to think about it so yeah yeah and then I'd say day to day the only other thing I do is I always get outside um if I can because for me nature is massive um, massively therapeutic so um, I'm lucky I live in the Peak District so I'm not too far from hills and greenery so um, yeah so just try and um, I mean I make make myself walk as well to pick the kids up from school every day I could drive um, 
but I have sort of made myself walk because I then get at least that 20 minutes or so a day where I'm just outside um yeah, nice. so um yeah and I have noticed with that it wasn't until I started running a mindful uh, mindfulness uh, course a while ago for some clients um I was telling them you know next time you go for a walk just you know look at really look at your surroundings really take in everything you can see and, and notice you know and I noticed all these things I noticed a windmill on a hill and I, I literally must have walked past that thousands of times on the school runs and never even seen it you know because I was just powering to school and back and just not not noticing anything so just that simple act of bringing awareness to you know where you are and just really looking at everything around you and you know that that's again such a simple thing to do but so effective um so yeah gone off on a bit of a tangent there but (laughs) (laughs) certainly that's you know I think that's um that's the, the message that I really want to spread with this connection is the fact that um, everybody, we, well, we say so much these days, so you're unique and you're enough, but people still have a preconceived idea of what that should look like for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's not until you stop um thinking and even if you're moving even just observing and tail with that inhale and with the exhale can bring such depth Mm. um and just just connection to presence um so that's what I really wanted to do I really wanted to show with this podcast the fact that it's completely different for everyone you know you started at the top of the conversation by saying that you weren't very um you know you don't actually practice that much yeah yeah. but you practice all the time it's such an integrated part of your life now that um even though you you maybe find you have to be mindful and disciplined with yourself um in terms of setting time aside the rest of the time you're always present and yeah yeah it's so true yeah yeah that's that's beautiful mm. you know? so it, it's no wonder that people are, are naturally attracted to come in to see you um you know for breath works and for meditations as as well yeah. So, yeah is that always been the case or um with my self-care or yeah or do you find that breath work has has helped is is added another yeah or yeah another level uh mentioned leveling up last week is it is it helped that leveling up definitely yeah I mean I yeah no I was really deeply unhappy as a teenager I had a really turbulent kind of teenage early 20 years where I didn't really take care of myself very well and I was really unhappy um and then I kind of started adopting more of a holistic approach to my life, um, healing my relationship with food as well, because I used, didn't used to eat, eat very well, have a very good relationship with food. Um, so started beginning to kind of get really just started to respect my body more, you know. So rather than counting calories and, and all that kind of stuff, I was just looking at what was in the food that was going to make me strong and healthy and really nourish me. And um, so I'd say that's where it started. Um, and then I discovered running and exercise. So then I became um, like, yeah, like I said, a little bit addicted to, it, I suppose. But um, I started to just really want to take care of my body and, and just love it, you know. Um, and yeah, just, re- yeah, I was just beginning to kind of discover how amazing the body is, really, because we just don't think about it, do we? But all of these different systems of the body all working together every day it's an absolute miracle yeah um so yeah so that's where it started and it kind of grew from there and yeah I just started trying to take a really natural approach to my um well-being um, and my mental health especially and found it really worked (laughs) you know um so that's what inspired me to then set up my own business and just lead from the heart just do something that I really felt passionate about and I've always worked within I've always worked um 
caring for people in some ways. They've always had a supportive role, um, mainly worked with children with learning difficulties, but um, I've always had that instinct to want to help people, I guess, or support them and look after them. So I thought, well, this, this I'll still be doing that with this kind of work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I trained to be a meditation teacher a couple of years ago. And like I said, I've been practicing yoga for a long time, but I never really felt fully present. I, I was, it's hard to explain. It was all, it always felt like there was something missing. Um, and then I went to my first Conscious Connected Breathwork session and it was like all the pieces just fell into place and something just clicked. And I lay there. I didn't have a massive release or anything like that, but I just lay there at the end and I felt so present <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it so connected to my body so um in touch with myself and really blissed out and I thought wow this is so powerful and this is what I've been looking for you know this is this is the missing piece um so yeah that's what started me off and then I've just become obsessed with breath ever since <laughs> um yeah, and now obviously I'm using it with clients as well. Yeah. It's amazing. You mentioned that, um, and we talked about briefly, the fact that um, there seems to be, people are quite intimidated by the word meditation. Um, how have people reacted when you've talked about breath work? Um, I still think that there's a lot of um, people who really don't know what it is. I still feel like I have to remind myself sometimes that I am in this little breathwork bubble where lots of the people around me that I choose to spend time with and that I connect with um, also work with the breath or are practicing breathwork and, and know what it is. Um, and sometimes I have to remind myself that outside of that, it's still really an area that a lot of people don't really understand or don't know what it is. Um, so, I think, yeah, I, I can be met sometimes with, well, what's that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, um, and it's such a difficult thing to explain explain to people, isn't it, as well, quickly, you know, what it is. Yeah, um, it is. It's, I'm still, it's such a lot of dimensions. Yeah, yeah, so many dimensions. And it's so, you know, and someone just goes, well, what's breath work? Oh, it's the hardest question to answer because yeah. you just think, oh, I could go off on so many different tangents with this because um, the breath is everything <laughs> um, it is I feel I feel this there's this little voice in my head which is saying oh you should go back and revisit your elevator pitches um, mm -hmm. and I'm quite interested that's a elevator pitch is like a, I think it was was it 60 seconds or 90 seconds yeah. that we did at the very beginning of our breathwork training course where we just I don't know literally imagined that someone walked into a lift and said oh what's breath work then and we just had to talk for like a, a minute or 90 seconds um and yeah I agree with you I still find that so difficult because it's like well it's everything but it's nothing at the same time you know yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's a very difficult one and um people are very different people yeah. who approach you yeah, I was going to say, I think the way you just the way you describe it um, is it very much. Yeah, it depends who you're talking to as to how you kind of explain it to them, I think, because um, everyone can get something slightly different from it. And that's why it's so magical, you know, and I'm seeing that now with clients, you know, the different responses to it, um, the different reasons why they want to explore it. It's just endless you know the possibilities so uh yeah it's so varied I've had uh, I think in one week I had a women's rugby team come and breathe with me Fantastic. and then I also worked with a little girl who had anxiety um and then I had a um a male client that came to me who had come to me because he was suffering with depression so it's so varied and that's why I love it because it's just so interesting as well and fascinating for me as a facilitator um you know it, and even at what I, what I find is even as a facilitator and I'm holding people so they're absolutely whether they realize it 
consciously to start with being accountable for themselves I learn so much yeah mm-hmm. and that it's such a two-way healing mm-hmm. um, and yet I don't do anything for them they do all the work themselves um, there's just so much energy um, that comes with it it's yeah. so powerful and so strong um, and so so tangible and real because it comes from a real organism you know because of our cells and our nervous systems whichever one you're looking at um i just really find it just can apply to everything does your partner apply it to his uh, workouts of the day um yeah he's trying to I do feed him little bits but yeah he was the other day actually he went for a run he was trying to squeeze um through his nose <laughs> rather than his mouth which is something that's, I'm still difficult one yeah still trying to do myself with running it's just yeah it'll get there but yeah it's it's difficult isn't it it's strange yeah. to put you through the yeah. nose but when you're exercising um but yeah, it's just always such an honour, like to do something that you just absolutely love. And you just, like you say, when you're holding space for someone and they're there with you, you just feel so much gratitude that they're there with you, you know, and they're doing all the work they're, That's what I always say to them. Yeah. Always make sure that I highlight that this isn't me doing anything. I'm holding space for you and um, creating this container for you to feel safe where you can just feel whatever you need to feel and just be as you are you know how often do we in life get the chance to just simply be you know without trying to pretend to be someone else or swallowing our emotions down or trying to fit in to what we think people want us to be and I just feel within a breathwork session you are just free you know it's it's just give you're just given that time to just be free and to just feel it all um that they're doing the work or the breath is doing the work um, and they're doing their own, they're healing themselves. So, you know, it's a really empowering thing as well for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it takes time to integrate that as well. Yeah. Um, and I imagine, well, I, I don't just imagine, but I know from my um, breathwork sessions that six months later, um, something will present itself to me yeah mm-hmm. another aspect of a breathwork session or someone's words that that someone has cued or held me with or guided me with um you know come to my mind and it's just uh just comes to my mind to get me to connect with myself yeah completely it's like a peeling away of layers isn't it yeah. each time you do a breathwork session and I had I mean Oh, yeah, I had a client this week that has had some really big breakthroughs previously. And this week, not a lot happened. And I think he was a little bit like, oh, why has nothing happened? You know, and I was like, you know, that it, it doesn't have to. You know, I said tomorrow, a week later, you might find that something has clicked or you've had, you know, some you'll be something in your mind will be clarified or do you know what I mean it's like that so it has like you said you know this healing process happens after the breath the breath work itself as well and um for me myself like with my own practice over the last year or so I just feel like it's just been this peeling away of layers you know sometimes it's been really brutal and really difficult and other times really empowering and amazing and beautiful so you know yeah. just like life itself isn't it really yeah, yeah no absolutely <laughs> it is um and I think to be able to consciously connect with um with life is so meaningful you know um it means you're actually really here you know while you're here because you know everyone's gonna die um and it's uh yeah it brings a lot of gratitude so thank you for coming to talk to us this morning um where can people find you Maya yeah so I'm on Facebook and Instagram um so my business name is selenite well-being so 
yeah, you can, and I'd offer sessions in person and online. And at the moment, I'm probably having about 50-50 of online and in-person clients. So that's really lovely. And I think the other amazing thing about breathwork is it's just as powerful online, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. Like some of my most, my personal, um, you know, where I've had the biggest breakthroughs myself have been on online sessions. Okay. Um, so I think... That's the other wonderful thing about it as well is you don't necessarily have to be in the same room with someone to be able to facilitate them and hold them through a session. So energy is energy. Energy is energy, yeah. Um, yeah. It's so difficult to explain that to people. Is, yeah. um, but even from a NASA um science, from even from that view, it's still tangible and it's still real. Um, even if you can't see it um, yeah when you start working with it and you start doing distance stuff and you start working on zoom it's amazing um, you learn to uh, to pick up on things yeah. things so yeah and are you having a retreat later on in the year yeah so yeah I've just organized um, my first women's retreat so it's going to be in the Peak District, so we're glamping, so we're in yurts, um, three days of lots of different things, but obviously lots of breath work included. Um, but yeah, I've teamed up with another holistic therapist, um, Alina, so she'll be co-hosting with me. So yeah, we're really nervous, excited. Um, it kind of just, it was a really spontaneous thing. <laughs> Didn't really have any intentions of doing it, and I thought, know what I really miss connecting with other women you know over the last year as well I'm in an all-male household as well so I just feel like I really miss being with other women and connecting with them and I feel like we just have so much to heal from as well you know so I yeah I was like let's just find somewhere beautiful where we can just all connect with each other and do some healing if we want to you know you can just come and chill out if you want but the opportunity there is to 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 go deeper if you want to so it was beautiful and um so it's selenite well-being yeah 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 (laughs) selenite is a crystal for anyone that's (laughs) because i get asked that quite a lot what what's no i i know i know you yeah i know you know particular qualities to it it's just it's a beautiful crystal to use when you're meditating or when you're kind of trying to connect with yourself so um, and it's really um, creates a really peaceful, tranquil kind of space and energy. So I thought that's what I want to do with my business. That's what I want to do with my work. So, and I've been obsessed. Crystals was actually really where it all started because as a child, I collected <laughs> crystals and was a bit obsessed with them. So, so yeah, that's why it's selenite. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to start recording. Bing.